Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening and welcome to episode two of Put the Stress Down. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This episode is a long time coming. I'm sorry for the gap between episodes, but you know, we're in a pandemic and just as you're all going through it, I am as well. And you know, it takes, you have to be in a certain place mentally to sit down and talk about these kind of things. So I a, wanted to make sure that I was there and that I was ready to give you guys, you know, the best version of me to really give you a solid breakdown and be in the best emotional place for me before I speak on these things and B to ensure that our quality was up to par, which I believe at this point it is. We've made some vast improvements to our audio quality, which I hope you can hear now. Uh, I hope this investment was not made in vain, but we are very excited. So again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, shout out to the Slip the Jab podcast for that intro inspiration. Uh, those guys have been awesome to us. They've been very helpful and, and willing to offer any kind of advice we may need. So check those guys out if you like MMA. It's the Slip the Jab podcast and on iTunes and Spotify and Twitter and all that good stuff. So I thought it would be cool just to pay homage to them in that intro. So thanks, guys, for the inspo and uh, keep those episodes coming. So what I'm going to do in this first episode, what I've been meaning to do from the start, but, you know, again, this pandemic has shown us that things cannot always go as planned. And this was the original intent was to break down post-traumatic stress disorder for you guys and break it down from a veteran's point of view. And one of the biggest questions I get asked often or one of the biggest misconceptions is, is this just a military disease and the answer is absolutely unequivocally no it is not it can be any sort of trauma anything that you've experienced anything that you've been through that was traumatic for you that had an impact on you that those moments that you'll never forget you know something very negative something traumatic whether it be abuse emotional sexual anything like that that changed your world and and affected you to a point that you still think about it without trying you know, that is post-traumatic stress disorder and it is it is not a military-only disease and I want to get that out right away so everybody knows that that is not what it is and the, the focus of this podcast, because that is my diagnosis and mine is based in that, so that is what I will be breaking down, but I'm eager to have discussions with others that suffer from PTSD that are willing to share their experiences, and I'm very excited to have these guests and have you hear the stories that I've heard and to hear and to see where they're at and how they're thriving and, and how they haven't let that keep them down. It's an inspiration, and I'm excited for more episodes to come where I can get that guest on to share his story with you and many more stories to come. So what is it, you know, what people just know if, if, if you have a vet in your family or a friend or somebody, you just kind of know, like, man, you know, you have those discussions like so-and-so, he's, he hasn't really been the same, you know, since he left and came back. And I think that's kind of a blanket statement everybody just kind of says because there isn't really a lot of knowledge as to why is he that way or she that way or why are they being this way? I don't understand. They just, once they came back, they weren't the same. And I think that's just really the most information we all have really on it. And, and that's nobody's fault. That's just... It's a sensitive thing. You know, people don't want to pry. People don't want to dig deeper. And myself and I think a lot of us veterans, you don't want to put that burden on anyone else either. I, I don't want to 
this heavy, heavy load, I don't want to put that on somebody else. I don't want them to know what I'm going through. And so that's why you carry it for so long by yourself and it gets so heavy. But it, the main thing that kept me alive was not carrying it on my own. Finally talking to somebody and saying, this is what's going on. I need help. And that was the hardest thing I ever had to do, but it saved my life. And I encourage you, if you're in a place where you know damn well you know, you can't lie to that mirror. You can't. You can try. But if you're in that spot and you know that you're at your breaking point, you need to do something. You need to reach out. You need to ask for help and let somebody know, hey, something's going on and I need help. And I know it's hard. Believe me, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. But I'm so happy I did that. And I'll never look back. And now I'll ask for help, you know, anytime, any day, any place I need it. Because once you break that barrier and once you get past it, you're able to heal and you're able to open up and revisit parts of yourself that you thought weren't there. So so what they have here at, at the Mayo Clinic defines it. I'm going to give you the textbook definition. And it just says, post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event, either experiencing it or witnessing it. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. So you get kind of a paragraph there and you think, man, that, that's, you know, that's kind of heavy, but, but what, what happened, like what happened, why, why, what's wrong or what's different or what's, I don't understand why you're this way you are now. And of course, unless you've been there, you're not going to understand. So, you know, that's the goal of this episode is just to kind of break that down and help understand when you see a vet that's like, late 30s, early 40s, you know, 50s, and you're going, man, why is this guy homeless on the street? Like, he looks okay. He looks fine. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Well, that's what I want to kind of try to explain to you right now and, and tell you what it's like, you know, to be, if you're some dude, Joe Nobody, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm just saying, you know, John Doe from North Dakota, a small town that has like 2,000 people in it, and you've never done anything but kind of hang out and go to school and, you know, go to parties on Fridays and church on Sundays and that's it. Well, now the flip has completely been scripted. And now you're straight up doing some movie shit, like 110%. Like Call of Duty, this billion-dollar franchise that everybody's playing day in and day out, myself included, you're doing that. You're doing that in real life. What people are making movies about, what people are making video games about, writing books about. You're doing that every single day. But before you even get there, just the life of a Marine, I mean, there's no other way to say it without sounding cocky. I mean, we're the best. And I don't know what to tell you. Agree to disagree, but we're the best. And it's just a feeling that you get when you earn that title and you get to wear that uniform every day and you wake up and, and your job is to play in the dirt and you wake up and you know what what are we doing today oh we're gonna go hit the range today and you're just shooting guns and weapons and training and doing and touching equipment that you never in your life thought you would possibly see and this is what you're doing now every day and not just 
touching it and playing with it, you're getting specialized in it. And now you've been in for a while and you're going to special schools. And, you know, I went to a non-lethal weapons instructors course, which was an awesome course. I went to military police investigator course, which was another one where you learn to kind of do the forensic part and break things down and evaluate a room piece by piece. And it was painstaking and long and, you know, intense, but it was awesome. And I would have never gotten that opportunity without the military i just know that i wouldn't have that that wasn't a path i was on and that's just kind of what it afforded me and you think about that somebody from you know a small town in the midwest that's never done nothing is now doing something and they're doing something big and there's responsibility on top of that and now there's people under you that you need to look out for and you you grow an attachment to these people and this is your family and everybody says that you know and it does feel that way for all of us wherever you go for for many of us whether you're working in office or you're an athlete whatever it is your team your whoever that's your family but when it comes to the marine corps it's just a little bit different because you're sleeping in that dirt together. You know what I mean? You're going through these battles together. You've been through pain together to earn these things. These these special schools don't just, they're not just pencil and paper schools. You have to go through certain things to pass these schools and certain things to earn these badges. And, and you do that, but you do it with the man and woman to your left and right. And you do it every single day. Every single day you have this support system. And when you get down and when you feel low, you know, you're surrounded by there's somebody that is there to make you laugh, a funny guy, somebody that stinks. There's a stinky guy. I mean, you know, you're surrounded by these people constantly. So even if you are kind of in a bad place, you're not alone physically. You're just surrounded. And when it's all over, you lose that. And now when I'm at my lowest and, I, and I'm deep down, and I don't mean me, myself, I just mean speaking in general, now I'm by myself, and now I'm low, and where's everybody at? Where's my security blanket that I had, all my people? Where are those relationships? Where are those people? You know, you miss all of this stuff, because being there, it's the best time of your life. I, I can say that unequivocally guaranteed, it's the best time of your life is when you're in the Marine Corps. Because there's no bills. I mean, they, if if you live on base and you really take advantage of everything they have to offer as far as housing and things like that and eating there, I mean, you don't have to worry about anything. And then if you once you deploy, you really don't have to worry about anything. You don't. You know, you're sleeping in huts. You're sleeping in abandoned bunkers. You're sleeping on the ground under a vehicle. There's no rent. You know what I mean? There's no rent. There's no bills. There's no responsibility except to stay alive. I mean, that's the top priority and a major responsibility. But aside from that, aside from looking out for each other and staying alive, all the little things, the taxing things, they're not present because you're not paying rent. Again, you know, you're not paying, you're not managing the bills back home. You don't know if things are bad back home, really, because you don't have that access. And if you're not a good communicator with whoever's handling your money back home, then, you know, that's a whole nother story. So it's just, it's different. It's a different thing. And it's, you're in the worst place on earth. Let me tell you, it, it's, it's real life, what you're doing, you know, what you, it's the gravity hits you from time to time, 
you know, as to what you're doing. And it's intense and, and it's something that, how do you prepare for that? Like, yes, I trained. Yes, I knew what this was. Yes, you know, to the, the second up till we got here, I knew what I was doing. But now that I'm here, I have to do it. And it's, you know, it's a heavy thing. And I don't even know when I, the thing that in me, what is in me just clicked and I just did it. But at some point, you know, I just did it. And then subsequently, you know, have to deal with all of those things and all of those memories and the PTSD. And so, again, like I said, what I want to do is just talk about more of that and what it's like and what it's like and kind of walk you through that first experience, you know, that first taste of action and, and what it was like, you know, because it's you, you can explain it, but you can never really know unless you were there and you think, you know, most people... And, and again, I don't mean any of this derogatory, but most of us have a nice, calm, crisp, vanilla, boring life. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like when I wake up in the morning, I, you know, I want to get my Starbucks. I want to chill and go to work and drive in my traffic and listen to whatever podcast. And I want to do my job. I don't want to have any events. I want to get in my car, get home safe, hang out with the wife and kids, grab some dins crash call it a night that is what i want to do all day every day it's perfection but that's where i am now as opposed to where i was back in 2010 2009 2008 when i was fresh back and you you think you know you you live your life like i said and we have these very nice boring again in the best way possible boring life where you just you're living your life and you're just trying to get through it and you're trying to survive and you know you have some exciting times in your life like you'll win an award or something like that or you know something really cool happens you'll go to a cool game or something like that you'll get great seats you oh man i got to make it on the field and and that stuff is awesome i would never downplay that stuff those memories are incredible but ours are just a little bit different and getting ready in the morning is a little bit different, you know, and I want to kind of walk you through what it's like in those moments. And, you know, most of us, 12, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, you know, some of us are night owls, we stay up a little later, but that's typically, you know, when you're going, you know, going to bed, if you're not already a bit, uh, asleep, you're getting ready to, to wind it down. I mean, any later than that, you're out of control, but you get what I'm saying. And for us, that's when our night was getting started, you know, so you're fresh. This is a, this is a new territory. This is a place you don't know, you know, and you just, even you're not used to getting up at two, three in the morning because that's not what you did back home. You trained, but you didn't get up at two, three in the morning like that. It was just, it's what the mission called for now. And you get up in the morning and you hear the sound of the vehicles and it's, you know, the hum, and you, you just hear them starting up, and people start to wake up and mill around, and there's just that nervous energy, you know what I mean, that, holy shit, like, are you ready? Like, have you checked everything? And people are starting to check the radios, and, you know, you hear people, do you have this, do you have, you know, do you have this, and cleaning their weapons, and loading their weapons, and 
everyone's walking around and it's just a different scene and there's just this again this nervous energy where it's like man this isn't you know tv anymore this isn't a movie anymore this is real life and we're about to go do this and so what do you do how do you get yourself ready mentally i don't have the answer for that all i can tell you is that i did it and you gear up and you head out and you do what you have to do but until you do what you have to do you don't know what it's like you don't know what it's going to be like you just know that it's out there and you're on the road and you're looking left and you're looking right you're looking left you're looking right Just like that, it happens. And you don't know how long it's going to go on. You don't know who's hurt. You don't know who's not. You don't know if you're the only vehicle left standing. All you know is that moment. And this isn't six months in. This isn't, oh, this is one final thing before we leave this is stage one month one in country this is now my normal this is now the new normal so when it comes to things like this you know the the pandemic and new normals you know i'm i'm built to adapt and overcome like i just Again, I just only know one way of thinking, and that's to adapt and overcome. Because if I give in to this, if I, if I break to this virus and let my demons break me, then it undoes all, undoes all the work I've done up to this point, and it's just not going to happen. But, you know, I hope you understand in that in that little bit of moment you felt that intensity i hope that came across and that you know it, it it opened your eyes a little bit to know that that was life for a lot of us that wasn't this is not a script this is not there's no special effects this is it this is what's happening this is our day-to-day -day in the office that's just what it is and so when you come back it's a different story and that intensity the of you know firefights and explosions and detainee operations and everything that you're doing you you're doing things that you never thought you would do you're you're in positions you never thought you'd be in you know some of some of you get a little bit of power you know what i mean and it's not always negative i mean of course you get knuckleheads that 
want to abuse that and forget where they came from but that's with every job but you know you get a little bit of respect as you get to promote it and you get to be around for a while you know you get to you get respect and that's the name of the game and then again that's just it's all day every day and that's your life and I'm not trying to compare it to a prison sentence at all but I know that a lot of those guys do tend to get institutionalized and they have a hard time dealing with life on the outside and that's kind of the same thing for a lot of veterans you know that life on the inside even if you are in a shitty country and it's hot and you're separated from your family and you're missing holidays and there's a risk of death a real risk of death every day mentally it's just easier it was easier to be there and not have to worry about these things i don't want to go to the dentist i don't want to go to the eye doctor i just wanted someone then just tell me where to go and i'll do it you know on the government clock and i'm not going to do it on my own time you know that was the attitude it was a terrible attitude i'm not encouraging it but you know you just everything's done for you so you're just when you get out you don't know what to do because there's there's no unless you do 14 20 years or something like that in that window there's no ceremony there's no 21 gun salute there's a you know smack on the ass if you got out good smack on the hand if you got out bad and that's pretty much it and i didn't know where to go i was lost i had nothing i had absolutely nothing there was no support system for me there was no here's an after action plan there was a you know what have you done for yourself and at that point i i was in no condition to really do anything for myself or and i really wasn't in a position where i felt like i deserved anything because that was part of the PTSD, you know, is the survivor's guilt and the questioning, you know, why I'm still here and so-and-so isn't. And, you know, these negative toxic thoughts that used to weigh me down so heavy, you know, that I had to let go, that I had to get past, you know, because I know that if those guys were here, they, they, they wouldn't want to see me in a pile of my own puke they wouldn't want to see me drunk off my ass unable to speak they would want to see me here 10 years dry alcohol free they would want to see me thriving they would want to see me succeeding and on those days where i have the most trouble getting out of bed you know that's what i have to remember is to remember that i have these opportunities that they will never have and i need to stand in the gap and I need to dream these dreams and live this life for them, to honor them, not to tarnish their memory by, you know, throwing my life away. But that took a long time to get to. It took a very long time to get to this point where I was comfortable enough to say, hey, I, I deserve this. You know, I deserve to be happy. Because I wasn't always the best person. And I'm still not the best person. I still make mistakes. But the person I am now is not the person I used to be. And the person I used to be was awful. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't know how big an impact I was having back then. And of course, if I could go back and do it all differently, I would. But I can't. And you can't. And you can't hold on to that. You know, you just have to remember that 
we're all humans and we all make mistakes. And look, if you're going to keep on being a piece of shit, that's what you're going to keep on being. Like, don't lie to the rest of us. Don't lie to people in your life and act like, oh, you know, this time I'm going to change. If you're going to change, just do it. If you're going to change, just do it. If you're not, then don't. But don't lie to nobody. Don't waste nobody's time. Especially not now. You know, right now we all need each other more than ever. And we need compassion. We need love. You know, we need these things to be the driving force on this earth right now. If we're going to get through this. And, you know, everybody is having a hard time. And it's easy to say, oh, well, these celebrities, how could they be having a hard time? Because they can. It's mental health and mental illness. It doesn't care about your salary and your tax bracket. And I'm not saying that all of them are genuinely hurting. Maybe there some are whining, but at the end of the day, I don't know any of them, and I don't know what they're going through, and I don't know what it would be like to express myself on social media like that and be ethered and have people say that, you know, I'm not allowed to feel these things. But that's just me, you know, and that's the way I, that I choose to carry myself, and I, I don't want to be out here on social media attacking people and especially people I don't know and, and spreading hate and, you know, spreading hate to fight hate. That's all I see. And it makes no sense to me. And, you know, I hope that that changes. I hope that it fixes. But in the meantime, I'm thankful for that mute button. And I can just, you know, people say, oh, Facebook is so bad. Too. But it's like it is. But mine really isn't because I filter so much of it out. Like mine is pleasant. Like you just remember that you're in control of what you see. Like they may jam stuff in there from time to time. But for the most part, like, oh, I don't like what this was posting. Just bam, he's gone. You know what I mean? It's really easy. But we tend to get into these long winded arguments. And, you know, that's that's a never ending story. So it's really not worth anybody's energy. But like I said, um, I just wanted to give you that experience that you can see what it's like in combat and those types of experiences are what you're doing every day and it's six months in six months out six months in six months out but how do you go six months in six months out how do you turn it off how do you go six months straight in a country where someone is trying to kill you and then the next day wake up here in the States and just think everything's totally chill. How do you do that? How do I go out to the bar and see everybody hanging out, drinking their beer, you know what I mean, having a good time, and people are celebrating, and hey, you know, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's good to see you too. And in the back of your mind, all you're thinking about is, damn, that fool walked in here with three fools. Now I only see two. Damn, why did that dude take off his jacket? And you're eyeballing every single person that's walking in. And you're trying to have a good time. You're supposed to be. But you're a split second away from running right out of there. From running right out of the room. And why is that? Because this transition, this, this high-speed movie experience, this incredible, thrilling experience, this life for 4 to 8 to 16 to 20 years, however many you did, is now gone. So you're not 
cleaning guns anymore. You know? You're not. You're at the grocery store. Or you're like me. Working in an office type environment. And it's nice. And it's lovely. And you're thankful. I'm so thankful to work with all these wonderful people. And it's a great, nice, boring life. But it's not what I did day in and day out. For six months at a time. It's not tracers in the night. It's not weapons and multi-million dollar vehicles and aircrafts and everything in between. It's not that no more. And that thrill or lack thereof is what kills a lot of guys. And that's, you know, what I want to try to stop. And I don't know. And, and I'm not a professional. I'm not here to say I have the answers. I'm just here to help and say I've been there. I've been to the bottom. I've been to the brink. And I fought my way out. And if you're willing to put in the work, you can too. You know, I get it. You come back home and everything comes to a screeching halt. Everything. And again, I'm thankful for my job. I love it. I love my job. I love what I do. And anybody is thankful for any job, whether it's convenience store, you know, whatever it is, mail room, everything. There's no, there's no job to look down on. You know, I respect everybody. But what I'm saying is when you go from that movie star life to this daily nine to five, it just doesn't hold up. It doesn't compare. And I'm in a very good place. You know, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I've moved past my military career for the most part. And of course I take pride in it, but, you know, I've been fortunate to, to focus on other things and to move on and to use certain aspects like the work ethic, you know, that it gave me and the leadership skills and things like that. You know, I'm able to take things from that toolbox, but I've been fortunate enough to not be defined by it. And that's really what breaks down a lot of guys, you know, is, and I don't mean to be that, to mean that derogatory and say that, you know, it, it defined them, but it's just, that's all they knew and that's what they loved. And when they don't have that anymore, but what they do have is visions and memories and flashbacks of being exposed to death and war and limbs and bodies and heads and ribs. War. They have that. They have those memories. But now there's not a machine winding me up to get that stuff out. There's no range for me to go mount a weapon on a truck and shoot. I don't have those resources. I don't have those means. So those demons creep in and they wait for the right moment and they wait for when you're low and they strike. And so what we'll go over in the next episode is the symptoms. You know, I was able to find a really good article and of course you Google it and you're going to find different stuff everywhere, but there's kind of a general, you know, the same ones that you kind of see everywhere. And I've of course have, 
scoured articles and done some research and I found what I thought to be the most accurate for me again. Um, so I'll be going over that and breaking that down. It's 17 symptoms. So we'll go over that one at a time and, and talk about what it's like to have those episodes and, you know, some of the things that it has cost me and what it was like, you know, getting to the place that I am now, which is an incredible place. I mean, I'm thankful every day and, and don't get me wrong. Every day is still a struggle. Hundred percent, especially in the midst of all this. This ain't. This doesn't make having this any easier. But I'm getting through it. Um, I'm reaching out when I need to. I'm also not handling it the best at times, but I'm learning from that, and I know that I'm going to be stronger from that. And you know, I have the eyes on the prize, and I just want to get through this with all of you. I want to remind you that, you know, we're here for you, all of you. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out to listen. I really do appreciate you guys, and I'm excited for more to come as everything gets better, as our overall production gets better. Um, I'm excited to take this journey with you guys and have these talks. So I hope this episode was good, a good jumping-off point to kind of put you in the mindset of what it's like, you know, to live that life, to be in those shoes, our boots, rather, and, you know, as we go on, we'll talk about what it's like to be back home and deal with all that stuff. And, you know, the price that you do have to pay. And, you know, it's 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 a tight line to walk. But, you know, as long as we have each other, you know, as long as you reach out, as long as you fight, you can do it. You know, and I'm here to help anybody. The whole team is here to help anybody, anytime, any day and Shout out to them for everything that they do for getting these episodes up so quick and taking care of the visuals and believing in me and investing in me and investing in this dream. And thank you to all of you for taking the time out. I hope that in the midst of all this, you're doing okay. You're hanging in there. I know that it's hard. I know that it's hard. Believe me. But we'll get through it. So stay positive. Keep on fighting. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time.